0: Dravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam Listen, reflect and absorb. Dear listeners, Sai Ram and welcome to our radio series in which a divine discourse by Bhagavan is played in small parts and following each part a short discussion is undertaken to reflect on the message. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Sai Prakash and Prem every Thursday at 7.30pm only on Asia's stream of Radio sci Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 17th March 2016. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1991. Have a listen please.
1: loving pranams at bhagwan's lotus feet dear listeners we welcome you to this week's episode of shravanam mananam niradhyasinam as always joining you today is Prem and Saprakash from team radio Sai. those of you regular listeners to our program will be aware that we go through swami's discourses in this program this is a season two we've gone through 1990 summer course the last time around this time we're going through the 1991 summer course series We are in the second discourse. We will be completing the second discourse today, hopefully. And as always, every discourse of Swami is a gem which is worth revisiting as many times as we possibly can. This particular discourse is really, really an eye-opener to both of us. Wonderfully structured discourse, beautiful insights all through the discourse. It's really left us... Know, wondering how beautiful this discourse is and how we <laughs> missed it for so long, mm. but never better late than never as they say. But before we go into the discourse, we're going to have two more clips to complete. I invite Prakash to join all of us. Saram Prakash.
2: Saram Prem and Saram dear listeners. Yes, this has been a phenomenal discourse. The sheer variety of topics that Swami has touched on in this discourse is uh, amazing. As we said earlier in our earlier episodes, um, Swami has literally traced the evolution of human thought, as I would put it. Because um, very beautifully, it starts off with the way man observes and learns from nature, but then very quickly, it comes on to how man pursued the study of nature in a spirit of inquiry, and um, how Swami at that point distinguishes the approach the sages took and the approach that the scientists are taking today.
1: Most of the time, you know, what is important is... uh when you go about solving an equation solving you know anything whether it's in mathematics or physics there are some things which they fix as constants they say that these things don't change Mm -hmm. and these can be you know points around which the entire solution can be placed and there are also some things which are accepted that these can't be solved, these Correct. can't be known, let's just Correct. keep them as unknown. Many times we, it's very interesting to see how we can really come to a solution in spite of not knowing some of those aspects. Right. And in the last week's discourse, we came across some things which Swami said about that. Swami said, you know, the mystery of birth and death is never known. You can describe that state of death, you can describe that process of birth, but you never know. And Swami said, you know, the sages declared that you cannot decide when a person will die, you cannot declare that how long a person will live. At the same time, you have no idea whether the person will be reborn after that birth. Right. And that amount of, uh, you know, invariable nature in what they were exploring was kind of understood. Uh,
2: You know, in a way, we can say the sages knew where to draw the line because, um, you know, in the pursuit of exploration, the sages knew this is the extent to which we can analyze and understand and comprehend. And beyond such and such a stage, you have to just accept and leave it to God's will. So, on the other hand, as Swami rightly said, that scientists, they have this sense of achievement and they have this sense of pride, if I may say, that they have discovered a lot of new things. But on the other hand, we had the sages who approach the same issue with a lot of humility.
1: It, I was just When Swami was talking about this uh, uncertainty uh, in life mm-hmm. and how that actually played on the minds of these sages, in many ways that was also the cause for the humility. Yes. When you are spacing out your understanding, when you are spacing those, your, uh, out your exploration, mm-hmm. you know that at any time there could be an abrupt end to it. There is a sense of awe throughout, even when you didn't know there was awe. Even when you have come to know so much, there is all. Because in spite of all your exploration, the amount of uh, certainty that, I mean, you can say that I live for this many years is so limited. Yes. The typical example I, I it occurred to me was, let's say there's a cricket match. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a 50-overs cricket match. That's a limited match. Mm-hmm. So a team which goes... To bat or you know, the the team which is batting first, yes, it will plan its innings. Right. So they'll say, Okay, till this these many overs we'll play a, a little silently and then we'll be aggressive. Correct. Or we can afford to lose these many wickets. You can hmm. plan. Yes. But the same match, hmm. let's say it's an overcast condition. Correct. You have no idea when the rain is going to come and disrupt. Right. And you know, you have this idea called the Duckworth-Lewis system in uh, cricket matches. Yes, Depending on what your score is at that point when the match is stopped Correct. or when the rain comes down hmm. or how many wickets you've lost. That's what decides, you know, how much you're actually chasing or how much you're going to put forth as a target. That changes the entire gameplay. play. Exactly. You know, th- there is so much of uncertainty. The way the batsmen approach the situation is completely different. They, mm. You know, they have to be cautious at the same time. They're aggressive they also. Score, right. <laughs> I think it's the same thing with life also. You know, when mm. this idea comes that anytime mm. there could be an abrupt end to your journey, how will you approach life?
2: Very true. In fact, you know, just looking at it the other way, the approach of the sages is absolutely scientific. <laughs> right. <laughs> because... In a scientific pursuit, you are open, you know, you are very objective about things, about events and you have to take into account all the factors. If you look at it that way, the sages had the humility to accept that there are events and there are things that happen in life which are beyond our understanding. And those who do not accept that are not scientific because they have conveniently left those aspects out of their pursuit of knowledge, if I may say.
1: Right, and that's why I mean, uh, Swami gave examples from uh, even the field of medicine. Yes, how they were they approached it was so different. Right, seeing that you know there there is a certain uh, necessity and need for everything which is in the system. Mm-hmm. There's nothing is redundant, and there is a certain uh, you know correlation between the different systems. Right, and that changes the way they approach medicine itself. And Swami was talking about Ayurveda and how. Uh, modern medicine you try to deal with the symptoms more than dealing with the problem itself
2: correct and as Swami said Ayurveda it is to increase your Ayur that is to increase your life that uh, this form of medicine came to
1: right and then of course Swami uh, spoke a little about uh, how even for mundane degrees you know BA and MA Mm you are ready to struggle so
2: much right
1: so how can you not be willing and prepared to really struggle when it is for the highest exploration. And Swami goes on to say, you know this, the one who desires peace all the time can never achieve anything. Mm. You know that sense of adventurism that there is that verse which Swami usually says you know. Mm-hmm. niyamam, niyamam, niyamam Bina. Bina. Mm. I mean it is self uh, mm. discipline. You know you put yeah. yourself, even if there are no difficulties, you put yourself to difficulties and you, I am mm. uh, reminded of one of our uh, friends in the ashram Mm. no all of a sudden he just became a vegan okay (laughs) right I mean of course Swami says that we all should be vegetarians became Mm. vegan he said you know it just gives you a certain amount of satisfaction Mm. if you can put a restriction on yourself and follow it
2: okay
1: and he said once in a while it's good to do such things like that so Mm. you feel like yeah I'm doing something (laughs)
2: you know (laughs) but that once in a while should not become like somebody who says I have just given up smoking three times it's so easy to give up
1: smoking I have given it up so many times (laughs) that's true (laughs) right and of course again in that discourse part Swami spoke about humility the importance of humility yes and how uh, these sages and the other thing which really struck me was
2: Mm -hmm.
1: here is the creator speaking about Mm -hmm. two sets of people who have explored creation correct and he's standing up and saying the sages have understood my creation better than the scientists.
2: <laughs> exactly. So he's giving them the points. Right. He's
1: giving them and, and you know the the force with which Swami is saying right. that how much they've understood and you are calling them as uh, you know fools. You are calling them as uh, mm. ignorant. Mm. How stupid it is! It's so heartwarming to see Swami stand <laughs> up and say that they've understood my creation and better than all you scientists. Correct. So shall we go into the first clip of that discourse? Yes. Yes. Right. So this is the, uh, as we said, it's a long discourse. This is the eighth clip we're playing in that
3: discourse. If we can get a ray of his grace, how much can we achieve? The ancient Maharshi's pray bless us with at least one ray of grace and bless us. <laughs> Even if it can earn grace of the Lord to a limited <laughs> extent, Without grace of the Lord, nothing can be achieved by any person who's a Even if it is a big kite. It cannot fly even an inch if it does not. If only there is interest, even an ant can walk miles of distance. The effort is necessary. Making efforts is the duty of man. Success or otherwise is the will of God. Success begets success. If only you earn the grace of God, you get success, success begins success. If you want to achieve everything, you have to first earn the grace of God. Your students, our Vice Chancellor you put a very big question. How to attain divinity? How to achieve success in this particular direction? The question was a long one and a big one. Is, we need not do a very big sadhana as such the elephant king fought with crocodile for thousands of years he wanted to achieve success with his own physical prowess and power. As long as man relies upon his own physical power, wealth or manpower, <laughs> he can <never> <laughs> This elephant king got exhausted. Poor oh God, I have none else to whom I can resort to except in You. He surrendered, and God responded. He chapter Arjuna also, relying upon his own intellect and his own powers, began putting questions to Krishna in the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita. He exhausted all his He exhausted all his intelligence. How long would your intelligence last? It can last only a little. He exhausted all the accumulated intelligence for a period of time. He could not even utter a word. He folded hands. He told, I will carry out your command, Lord. Give me your command. Mm. Come <coughs> on. Now that you have said that you are my devotee, I'll take care of you. You go ahead, proceed further. Only when you dedicate yourself to God and offer yourself entirely. Today's spiritual aspirants and devotees shareholder business. To you are doing business with God. One share is mine, another share is yours. We'll carry on the business not... I'll do my job you give your grace partnership they are establishing a partnership with god you can never achieve success with this kind of business approach i have offered myself to you he will take care of you in all its entirety. I told the to the students that as long as they are with the Swami, they are listening to Swami's words. They are enjoying Swami's love. They, they are all right. But the moment they go out, they, there is a change. What is the reason for this change? The body is buddy and made of mud and it's perishes. One small example. There is a mud mud. You have poured water. If you keep in a place which cannot be accessible to your 3 inches of water will get evaporated within 2 or 3 days. This mud absorbs water. But if you keep this mud full of water, in water itself, the water will never get evaporated even by a drop. Our students may be compared to mud mugs. You may fill them with spirituality to the brim. Once they go to an environment, where is there is no spirituality, all the spirituality gets exhausted evaporated. If we can create a spiritual atmosphere around you, wherever you go, spirituality in you, here there is good company, there there is bad company, company. You should create Good company, even there. When you go to any place, if you can create good company and carry on good activity, your spirituality will never disappear.
1: And it's so beautiful to see how seamlessly Swami is transitioned into Bhakti. You know, right. Till now, it was about inquiry. And Swami mm-hmm. is talking about exploration and how you have to—the best way to inquire into how the creation is and how things are around you, mm-hmm. and how to inquire into the divine principle too. Right. But so effortlessly, and you know, Swami is transitioned into the role of bhakti in all this.
2: Very true. In fact, um, the, the concept of being eligible or praying for God's grace. Which is like a royal road for all achievement. That's such a beautiful point.
1: Right, and Swami starts by saying that you know uh, the Vice Chancellor has asked such a complex question: yes. How can uh, divinity be visualized? The innate divinity, how can it be experienced and visualized? And Swami says, you know, the question is very, very complex, but it can be answered in a trice. It's so simple. It's right. so. And Swami says the answer is, you know, you have to surrender to God. Correct and you know when Swami speaks about surrender just the paragraph before this you know the clip which we played last time Mm -hmm. it was all about effort Swami said you know you can't uh, seek pleasure and try to know it Mm. you have to put your effort you know if you are sleeping there is no point Mm. nobody can wake you up you have to get up and Mm. even the previous one Swami said you know have the confidence so many people have achieved it you can achieve it Mm -hmm. don't give it up you know there was so much of emphasis on effort and here Swami is saying that you know do the effort, give it the best push you can, but never place your confidence on the effort. Correct. This entire part, is saying that you know it's not like it cannot be achieved by the powers of your body, by your intellect, by your mm. money, and so on. Mm. Can never be won through this. It can only be won by you know do all this to the best of the thing and then surrender it to Him, and then it'll be uh, achieved.
2: Yeah, I mean the power of uh, surrender is so beautiful. We have I think spoken about it couple of times in the show when Swami says true surrender is when you accept everything. This is for my good. But in another I think context Swami had said that true surrender never takes into cognizance the presence or absence of sorrow, suffering and the like. <laughs> Take in cognizance the presence or absence. That's, that's total acceptance. So you are really not... Um, Worried or affected by what's happening to you, you know right. it's all good for you.
1: Uh, uh, I don't recollect exactly. It's just some few days back I had heard this in one of the talks, mm-hmm. where uh, you know Swami was asked this question. That Swami, if there is suffering, karma can never be, you know, overrun. Okay. How does surrender help? Swami has said that surrender helps,
3: mm.
1: and uh, Swami explains that you know when you speak about these two things, you speak of suffering and surrender. Mm. Swami said they don't exist together okay Swami so, said the mo- those who have surrendered mm. never ever think that they are suffering
2: they are suffering that's true mm.
0: and you know there
1: is such a beautiful point Swami so, says mm. that you know be it Mirabai be mm. it uh, you know Tukaram or Tyagaraja when they were in that mood of surrender, even uh, Radha for that matter. Yes. You know, when they are in that mood of surrender, it's the people around them who thought that they were suffering. They, they were never suffering. felt it was pain. Because if you are feeling the pain, you are not surrendered.
2: You are not surrendered.
1: <laughs> so I mean, we are thinking that the moment I feel the pain, let mm. me start surrendering and you know, mm. get over the pain. It's mm. not like that. I think it's such a spontaneous thing mm. where there is surrender, there is the, the pain is never uh, felt.
2: Very beautiful. Very beautiful and uh, uh, that beautiful sloka which Swami said right, and the way Arjuna said Tava." <laughs> come then, on <laughs> then <laughs> Swami says good come on now I will teach you <laughs> right,
1: I, I think in many ways you know, this is what happens to all of us right. you know, when you come to Swami you, you kind of get an opportunity to empty all your you know uh, incomplete philosophies at his feet hmm. and Swami says you know, once you are empty yeah, now you are ready to accept it very true And then, of course, this point about the way Swami beautifully from, as we said, from effort, Swami went on to giving up confidence in your own effort or surrendering your effort. Mm -hmm. And then Swami goes on to the role of devotion when you surrender to God. And now Swami is saying what is required. Now you've surrendered to God. Now you're Mm. filled with such feelings. Mm. The importance of satsangam, you know, even Mm. in that uh, situation, even when you've got the grace. Mm. To retain that grace, how good company is so essential. This beautiful uh, analogy which Swami
2: gives. About you know? the water in a... Right,
1: water in a mud pot.
2: Mud pot, right. right.
1: Swami says that when you put water in a mud pot, due to uh, evaporation and seeping, you know some of that water is lost. Mm. But if you place that pot with water in another trough with water, then the water remains in the pot. Swami says similarly, when you have collected all this... You know, good words and wisdom and knowledge and everything. When you go out, ensure that you are in good company so that this, this water is inside. It doesn't get uh, lost.
2: Very true. In fact, before that point, Swami gives that beautiful uh, pa- point right, right. about the shareholders. <laughs> right. He says, dedication to the Lord is the easiest way to fulfill your life. It's like, we think that God is unfair as far as a business deal is concerned. But actually he's a very poor businessman to put it in that <laughs> sense he gives us much more he says you take only one step all he's asking is you take one step i'm here to take 100 steps towards you and um, so he says dedication to the lord is the easiest way to fulfill your life it's not that you're getting anything less for what you're doing
1: right and it's such a beautiful point which is saying that you know when you talk about being shareholders Mm -hmm. I think all of us would have gone through that phase for me I pray to you Correct. You know, I made the effort and I did it, but you did not respond. Mm. So It's typically that uh, attitude, you know, mm. I mean, where you have a business partnership, you say that, okay, I'll be a working partner, you be an investing partner. Mm. And then you feel that, you know, I've done my part, you've not done your part.
2: Right.
1: And Swami says, it's it's got, you know, you can't deal with God like that. <laughs> you know, you, even in that uh, shloka from uh, Bhagavad Gita, which Swami refers to, He says, no, once you surrender to me, finished, I me. Mean, you don't have to do anything. You know, I am going to be taking care of you all through. Right. Like what uh, Krishna says, tells Arjuna.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, in the, in that shloka also, there is a very beautiful, if you read the translation, it says, Fix your mind on me. Be devoted to me. Sacrifice to me. Bow to me. I promise that you shall come to me. <laughs> and that's the assurance. Know this truth for you are dear to me.
0: Right.
2: And... Um, You know, this word sacrifice is very beautiful because what do we have to sacrifice when we have surrendered to Him? What do we have to sacrifice? See, in a sense, sacrifice is the part which we have to do. Like Surrender Mm -hmm. comes as a uh, fruition of your sacrifice. So, what is it that uh, you have to sacrifice? And Swami has told it in many places, it's not the family or it's not um, all this that you have to sacrifice. What you have to sacrifice is the body consciousness. And um, the feeling that I am separate from God. He says that is what you have to sacrifice. Hmm. And he says uh, uh, sacrifice your selfishness, sacrifice your animal nature and sacrifice the fruits of action. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what is it that you have to sacrifice in order to surrender completely to the Lord?
1: And that whole process which Amir is mentioning, you you, you do the best you can. Yes, somebody said, "You know, do your best, and God will do the rest." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we are in a different mode now. Mm. Let me rest, and let God do the best. <laughs> God do the best. <laughs> you know, I think that one uh, thing in many commentators, especially Western commentators, mm. speak of that as a very beautiful point, which uh, Bhagavad Gita stresses. Mm-hmm. You, know, you do with complete involvement. Yes. You know, there is no detachment when you're doing. Okay. The detachment comes only when there is expectation, or there's, uh, you know, when the results uh, mm. section starts coming. I mean, because detachment in action becomes indifference.
2: Mm, very true.
1: If that one quality alone, we can cultivate.
2: I think that one thing is enough, isn't right? it? It's enough. If, if you're able it, to
1: do without expectation.
2: If you are conscious of it in every action of yours, from the time you wake up in the morning till the time you go to bed, that itself is something.
1: <laughs> right. It is a quality of oneness itself. Uh, let's say that uh, tomorrow suddenly your right hand gets paralyzed. We never think,
2: mm.
1: I fed you all these years. How dare you, you know, fail me now? Right. I mean, we, that thought never comes. <laughs> you know, mm. because it, we we believe that it's part of the body. I mean it's not your mistake. Mm. I mean, I never expected anything from you. Mm. I think when we are able to relate to God like that, mm. I think that's really this stage of stepping into that
2: oneness. Very true. <laughs>
1: Right. So I think we'll go to the last clip in that discourse. Okay. And uh, maybe after that, if we have time, we'll quickly go through the rest of the
0: discourse
3: too. Sure. By merely chanting mantras, there is no use. By merely chanting the name of the Lord, participate in the actions associated with God. I have told you a number of times. Hanuman told you, Hanuman Vibhishan friendship had such good. Made friendship with Vibhishana. Kani he? What Lopala took place? Vibhishanudu chala When they were carrying on some dialogue, Hanuman expressed his new and that trusty one told him, "You are not a Ramsev. Vibhishna को भी said, How fortunate are you Hanuman? You have the opportunity to serve Lord and you have the grace of the Lord. I have been chanting his name for a long time but I did not even have his darsan. Hanuman put a beautiful question back to Vibhishna. भी Vibhishna, Ramakaji will Vibhishala, we are merely chanting the name of Rama, but are you participating in Rama's work? Rama communicate Without participating in Rama's work, how can you do It is almost 10 days Sita has entered Lanka. Servant Sita, would it not be? Sita, could you have been able to control her? Have you been able to control her? Have you taken a least a look? Have you made any efforts to reduce her suffering? How can you earn the grace of Rama? I do Rama. If you are Rama, of Every hair on my body he repeats the name of Rama. In spite of that, I participate in Rama work continuously. Ram What we have to do is keep Ram in our heart and keep work in our hand, carry on. This is what the Maharshis achieved in those ancient days. Even the research was carried on these right lines in those ancient days. Man is not an ordinary being. It is very rare to get human birth. If you want to sanctify such a sacred birth, you have to repeat the name of the Lord and undertake His work. We are students. From today onwards, I have decided to make some changes also. The number of students has increased. Students are getting up as early as 2 o'clock to have bath because of large numbers. When they start their bath by 2 o'clock, they have been able to finish only by 8 o'clock. That is why afternoon classes will be dull. Repatrian Chikunanu, Majyanam classes Mani Vesta. From this afternoon, tomorrow afternoon onwards, afternoon classes will be suspended. Sain Karamu, you kasama Vesu no prevesh chitapiki, manch fresh shiga the mind. When you enter the assembly in the evening, you will be fresh. Kanukha Repu Tellavari Matrame classes will Vina twenty and Fresh Sugar Ravatsu, Kani, Kontaman the Fresh Sugar the Ilanti Tomorrow onwards, there will be classes. Only till eleven thirty. <laughs> Vice Chancellor Pilla Let Vice Chancellor make the necessary changes in the program and have classes two or three, but finish them. <laughs> I you should not waste the remaining Tell- time. <laughs> You should use that time in ruminating and reflecting on what you have heard in the morning, or taking rest. You should not Maara, I am going to start according to the prayers of your Vice-Chancellor, as to how to attain God is It is very necessary. After being born as a man, it is his duty to realize Divinity. We are hearing the events taking place in the form of news from various places of the world. But we are not caring to take note of the news within. The nuisance coming from within us is much more than the news that is coming from the outside world. You give up the news of the world your inner new sense will also disappear. fill yourself with the divinity. From tomorrow onwards, in the evening function, you come fresh, keep your hearts pure, most sacred and very important things will be told and you will have to preserve them Shastra preserve Shastra Kani, ni, ni, Anni vedam Whatever is being told is found in Vedas. I think that we but there are no people who can explain them properly in simple way. Therefore, you are finding all those what things in, in I will simplify all those great truths and make them easily understandable by you and present them in such a way that you will enjoy them. From tomorrow onwards, there will be no afternoon classes.
1: So that dear listeners was uh, advertisement for the next <laughs> episode of Shnavanam <laughs> Maranam because mm. Swami is so beautifully saying that these are all complex things but i shall explain it to you in a manner which is you know in, in your level of understanding in with lucidity and in a manner that it's palatable to you
2: so sweet and so beautiful i mean you feel like asking swami what more will you do for us right. <laughs> the way swami started off this clip is also very beautiful of course this uh, theme swami has mentioned earlier also but in this context it really is very beautiful because Looking at this discourse, Swami started off with how people were looking at um, uh, nature and then trying to know and trying to understand God. But then He slowly shifted to what we must do actually. Right. And what we should actually do, what is our effort, what we should do. I mean, yes, you know you know that God is there, you know that God has done all this. Then what is it that we should do? Then the culmination of what we should do is, as Swami said... Dil Ram, kam.
1: Right. This part when Swami was speaking, I was reminded of that. Uh, I think it's a very famous little story they say. Mm-hmm. And there is this man who is walking past a road and he sees this uh, young girl, probably five year old or something, and she's in the cold, she's hungry. And he's so disturbed seeing that sight. You know, he goes back home and he says, uh, you know, God, why is it like that? You know, mm-hmm. why nobody's taking care of the child? Why have you not done anything for her? No, why have you let that child in the cold and hungry like that? You've mm. not done anything for her. So, uh, you know, he has a dream in which God comes and tells, but I have done. Mm. So then he says, no, but I saw her alone. <laughs> and then God tells him, I have created you. <laughs> That's right. right. When you look at that story in this part where Swami is saying, you know, how many times in a day we say that, Swami, why have you not done? Why people are suffering like this? Why people? If we consider that as God's work, Swami mm. is saying that you going and doing that is actually participating in god's work. god's work you don't have to wait mm. till somebody like you know an avatar mm. like rama comes and builds a bridge so you can be a part of it correct in each of this what we think is god's work mm. because if you look at it you know when you talk about sages you talk mm. about their contribution as explorers in the initial years mm-hmm. one of the qualities of those sages was you know service to society correct all of them will be in the field of education in the field of medicine mm. you know when uh, swami spoke about ayurveda Because all of them were actually dispensing medicine for free, I am sure. Correct. You know, they were doing that service to society and there was no distinction between humans and animals. They Mm. would go and protect everybody. Correct. And that uh, quality of that uh, class itself, you know, it is said that once you become a sannyasi or if you are a brahmin in the true sense, Mm -hmm. you don't hoard. You know, whatever you collect, you finish it for that day Mm. or you distribute it. Correct. So, that automatically makes you a person who cannot save Mm. So you I mean you're not dependent on the society to uh, you know keep some kind of cash of you know wealth. So all of this where Swami is saying that you know it started off with exploration how you have to explore then speaks about humility mm. then he speaks about attitude of surrender Correct. and now Swami is saying that you have to do god's work
2: you have to do his work and
1: this is what is god's work in a sense sir.
2: and he says this was the sadhana that the sages took up their investigations were of pure intent also. I mean, the intent, the motivation with which you do an action is um, as important as um, doing it. The intention with which you do it. So, that attitude of humility and that attitude of surrender, when they do the work, he said, success begets success. It's bound to get (laughs) success. In fact, uh, he was saying once you earn God's grace that anugraha uh, you know which is a divine attribute is a part of those 16 attributes of the divine Right. that anugraha if you earn he says automatically things will come to you
1: Right. and of course then comes this very very sweet part where hmm. Swami is probably you know Quite understandable. If I if I was in the audience, I can imagine hmm. what Swami <laughs> described, you know. I mean, really now looking back, you know, how many such priceless discourses we missed. Right. And I don't know how many of those discourses were missed sitting there and looking at Swami and saying, Oh, Swami, you're looking so beautiful.
2: That's also true.
1: <laughs> right. Even that is also there. But I think all of it uh, adds up. The very fact that we're sitting here and looking at these discourses is, is the... You know, love that Swami instilled in all of us in those that years. Is. But you can really relate to this when Swami saying that 2am, 8am, you know, mm-hmm. because I remember when we uh, had the summer course, I think you also would have been a student in 2000. Yes. When we had a summer course, right? Because suddenly the hostel's capacity gets doubled, double a little more than doubled. Correct. So then, if you are used to getting up at five and having bath, you'll have to start getting up at two and three. Yes. And they would have batches. You'll go finish your bath, come back and sleep, sleep again, and somebody will come and wake you up for breakfast. Mm. And you know, so thoughtful of Swaminathan to say that you know this is there, so let's not have classes in the afternoon.
2: The purpose of not having classes in the afternoon is very beautifully brought out in that right. one statement. Right. Where he says, priceless advice is thus wasted on inattentive ears. Right. What is sleep compared to what you're actually missing? Right. Right. Is because of a small thing like sleep, you are missing such precious advice. Right. It's just going off.
1: <laughs> Probably, Swami would have thought those three afternoon. classes where some scholar comes and speaks to you Mm. and you lose your sleep you might as well sleep and come and listen to me me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's true going further you know how Swami says the most compelling goal of man is to reach divinity here is Swami himself who is ready to take the essence of all the shastras all the Vedas and then give it to you in such a simple and lucid way so that you can achieve that purpose of life
1: right then swami says uh, we often say you know, there's another youngsters are not uh, focused these days they're very frivolous in their attitude and all that swami says that the problem is there is nobody who can give these beautiful messages in a in a manner they can relate to in the manner they can understand to and more than anything else i think the need to listen to some of these messages from a person of worth.
2: Mm.
1: there are a lot of people who can intellectualize this kind of concepts and speak it out but when Swami stands there and speaks you cannot deny that here is a person who who has the authority to speak that because he lives each one of these things which he uh, speaks about
2: comes back to that my life is my message Right. a few of these topics like humility, few of these topics here is somebody who is all knowing, who is all powerful and then he comes down isn't this also a You know, an attribute of humility where he's ready to come down to our level and then lift us up. And he's not sitting on a high chair and saying, you people rise up to my level. (laughs) With so much of love, he comes down. In all this, discourse is really phenomenal, as we said. And um, he started off with uh, this beautiful Padhyam, where he says, The creator shines within the universe and the universe is reflected in the creator. God and creation are eternally bound as friends. The words of Sai convey the truth. And this poem, as I am just reading it, realise that it summarises the entire discourse. The attitude with which you should look on the Lord. Sakyam Atmanivedanam. Friendship. Mm. So that divine friendship, God is your only true friend when Swami says, Sakyam Atmanivedanam. Surrender. And when you surrender, then that's all you need to do.
1: Right. In, you know, uh, as you're saying, you know, positioning this poem with relation to what Swami said about partnership and shareholders. <laughs> in friendship, there's nothing like that. Mm. In the friendship you you don't uh, expect uh, return favors when you Correct. do for your friends. Swami is almost saying you know, creation and God are like friends. Mm. The moment you understand this relationship itself, yes. I think it's
2: uh, you know, it's very beautiful. I think we should just quickly go through the points that Swami brought out in this entire discourse. Right. He started with saying that five elements are all pervasive and they are there. But when you come to human being, when you come to man, He says the first thing that assails a human birth is hunger. So He says the first thing that you need after you are born is food. You need, And He says no matter how many machines or computers you have invented, they cannot give you food. Right. And water,
1: right. and you know, Swami says that that's how the exploration begins. Right. What are those things which man is completely dependent on nature for?
2: Correct.
1: And as you as you said, you know, water, food, and fire; mm-hmm. those were the uh, elements which he did not understand in the beginning. And mm-hmm. all of this study was happening within this sphere he knew. Right. Swami says, you know, the whole world became his laboratory in that sense. You know, trying to explore around, feel around. And initially, started by believing that this is all is the world, right? Know, there was no idea of something beyond this.
2: And then he evolved to you know agriculture and beyond agriculture, obviously how he, the pratyaksha Devam, that's the sun the god. Sun. So when he looked up at sun and he worshipped the sun, and realized that yes, he's a visible god for us every day. Right. And then this beautiful. Uh, topic of numbers Swami says man looked at God and realized that God was one who became many right. so through that he said you may take any big number but it's all addition of one 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 and that one is God
1: right and uh, of course after that Swami goes on to explain man's slow understanding and expansion of that understanding about God Right. and how along that journey he starts giving names to God Yes. and as we mentioned earlier uh, we drew that point where Swami is till now st- not started speaking about the form aspect at all exactly it is only about that uh, in, in that concept of God and Swami starts giving the different names of you know Aditya Vishnu it is believed that he, he is at all places at all times all so per- that per- that inspires the name Vishnu mm. and then there is this uh, feeling that he is not limited he is not uh, perishable yes. so that name Hiranyagarbha is given then Ishwara e- Yes Because he is uh, inexhaustible Right So he is given the name Ishwara Then he is beyond the gunas So given the name Shiva Shiva Then he is uh, He can you know, manifest himself in any form where, Whenever he decides that So is he is Sambhava. given the uh, Sambhava is the given And, and then, then uh, Isha Right
2: because he is the embodiment of all the...
1: Six kinds of prosperity. Pros- says.
2: Six types of prosperity. That's right. right.
1: And then Swami says, hmm. then finally man starts becoming wise and hmm. he starts giving the name aprameya, hmm. That he is beyond my understanding.
2: He is beyond my understanding. <laughs> I mean, right. that's that's uh, the last name that Swami brings out. He says, aprameya is uh, what man reaches. But he says, then what has to be done? He says, at the peak of human intellect you have to start understanding that man is actually divine. And that's where Swami goes on to say, uh, the sages actually realized that we all are sparks of the same divine power. Right, And um, they say, we have experienced him. We have gone, we have inquired, we have discovered, we have experienced him. Uttishtata, Jagrata, they, they speak to right. the entire...
1: Because at this point, after saying Aparameya, that he hmm. cannot be understood, Right. Swami says that, you know, yes, he cannot be understood by human intelligence. Right. But you understand that you are not limited by human intelligence. Exactly. You know, that was proven by these sages because there are these humans who, you know, were born as humans, lived as humans. Mm. But they pushed their limits mm. and they, you know, came to that understanding which is beyond the human intellect. Giving yeah. us the idea that you can go beyond the human intellect itself.
2: No, that's, that's a very beautiful point because… When Swami says, this is the peak of human intellect, it is really the peak of human intellect because um, you have to go beyond the intellect. That is where intellect ends. Probably that's where the experiential part takes over. And the sages say, yes, there is something beyond. There is something beyond what you think you can comprehend and that is God. And then He says, Shraddha.
1: You know, the the flow of that part is, Mm -hmm. Swami says that, first of all, believe that it can be done. Don't give up hope. Yes. Then, Do it now. You know, don't (laughs) wait till a later date. Get up and do it now.
2: Correct.
1: And Swami gives that uh, what can be done, what should be done to achieve that. Mm. Swami says, give up tamas. Tamas. You know, that uh, give up tamas can be summarized in the idea that go beyond your animal nature. Right. Swami says, give up tamas. Then let go of rajas. Mm. Because, uh, you know, when you can manipulate the things around you, Mm. when you have the intelligence to... Uh, extract comforts from the uh, you know elements around you Yes, you kind of get into that rut desires start increasing and you start becoming uh, more bound to your desires so. Swami says so get beyond that stage also that is beyond rajas mm-hmm. and then use sattva as a tool mm. and through humility shraddha and devotion you can achieve it
2: very beautiful and then
1: and Of course uh, Swami doesn't say you can achieve it yeah. Swami says then God reveals himself to you
2: Yes God reveals himself Then he asks this fundamental question Where is God right. And this beautiful shloka of and He says God is within us That you should not doubt So he <laughs> says do not doubt God is within you The fact that God is within you do not doubt uh, This sentence is also very beautiful He says okay when would you actually know that um, you have uh, realized. So, the day you have no difference between I, you, and He, as right. Swami says it. In
1: fact, uh, Swami speaks about scientific uh, understanding here. Mm-hmm. You know, Swami says, the scientists say that there is nothing like day and night. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. the sun never rises or uh, sun, so it's the earth which rotates. Mm-hmm. And Swami says, but still you, you live your life according to that day and night. You, you know, say, good morning. Right, good morning, you say. Swami says, It is right. It is not Mm. wrong. Mm. So, you acknowledge that. You say that till the difference goes, Mm. you are bound by the differences which are seen.
2: Yes, that's Mm. right. Right. So, um, he says, having known that this is not the ultimate, you have to live in it. You have to live in it.
1: As long as we are subservient to nature, living a worldly life, Mm. we must obey its laws and live by its standards. Standards. That's
2: true. Then again, he says, yes, you know that um, there are limitations but there are things which are really beyond your control and the sages were humble enough and they uh, accepted that it's God's will that determines birth and death, for example. Right. He says, it's absolutely not in anybody's hand and that in a simple example, Swami says, do you control your heartbeat? You do you control, control your, your breath?
1: Right. <laughs> you can't. Right, And then Swami says that, you know, how... Keen they were in understanding the human body. Mm-hmm. There, there's that part where Swami says how they realized that life was not in the breath, life was not in the heartbeat, life was not in uh, the head or anything, yes. but in that uh, lightning S- flash, right? And Swami uh, quotes that Narayan Suktam verse mm. where he says that he lives as that uh, streak of light.
2: Right, Swami says, you know,
1: you, the spinal cord, one particular uh, position, Swami says. Yes. And then Swami goes on to say, how did they understand this? And, you know, these are these people who have without any instruments you know Swami the later part speaks about doctors Mm. he say you you have all your instruments to tell you you know if you want to find out somebody's health Mm. you have 10 instruments to find out Mm. then you travel all around the world attend all kinds of conferences (laughs) and and then Swami says at the cost of so many lives
2: right right
1: (laughs) so he Mm. said at the cost of so many lives Mm. you learn your uh, you know incomplete medicine.
2: But it's really striking, isn't it? Right And he says uh, the sages did not spend a single penny
1: <laughs> and then they had no instruments, they had no uh, you know yantras.
2: It is just um, the attitude and that surrender and worship and with God's grace they could right And he says Ayurveda he says is that beautiful branch of medicine which our sages discovered but then we want quick results. Right. We want quick results, <laughs> and he said, "The antibiotics you get quick results, and it relapses as well, as quickly as it's gone." Right. And um, it all comes down to purity at the end of this. He says, um, "The approach, the attitude of purity. When your uh, pursuit is pure, then you you are eligible for right. God's grace." I think,
1: and this is a thing you know. Uh, very seamlessly it again goes on to the next part where Swami says mm. that uh, be prepared to work hard be prepared exactly. to you know take on some difficulties right you know that understanding many times even in our own life we'll see you know the situation comes we spend all the time in trying to get out of the situation rather than understanding you know what is the situation trying to teach us about Correct. our nature about our understanding very you know true. anywhere even in our jobs we have a problem we get mm-hmm. into a situation. All the time thinking that you know, I'm in trouble, let me get out of this, let me leave Mm. this job, Mm. you know, let me uh, go to a different team or whatever it is. But we are not realizing what is that inherent problem which has put us in that situation. Correct. So Swami is saying that you know, from Ayurveda, the way Swami goes on to this topic of you know, be ready to take on troubles, Mm. one who is always desirous of peace Mm. does not get anywhere. Correct. Ayurveda is all about that. Mm. Don't uh, go for quick fix uh, Mm. solutions. Be ready to take the longer route. Mm -hmm. Understand what is the real problem and then solve it.
2: Yes. Then again, of course, Swami comes to the attitude with which you go about doing this is one with a lot of humility and um, surrender. That's how Swami comes to the end of this discourse. And
1: then, of course, the part which we spoke about today, how, as we said, seamlessly, Swami transitions into bhakti.
2: Humility, bhakti. Right. Surrender, From humility,
1: bhakti, bhakti to surrender. Sacrifice. Surrender to you know, doing God's work. Right. It is not giving up action. Surrender never means inaction. Hmm. Surrender means you know becoming a part of God's work, Swami says, gives giving the example of Hanuman and Vibhishana. Yes. Right. And then of course, the beautiful part of Swami saying that this is all important. Hmm. Of course, this was said 93 that's 20-23 years ago right yeah. yeah 23 years ago but even today when we listen to those words Swami is saying these are important things you know keep your minds fresh listen to this and even as we were discussing today Prakash, I was wondering the one word we have used the maximum number of times for this discourse is beautiful that's true <laughs> for every clip we have said this part is beautiful that part is beautiful and really indeed this is such a you know, beautiful discourse.
2: Just to give it a topping, uh, Professor Venkatraman, who is a scientist and who has written this book, um, "Conversations Between God and Man," mm-hmm. and Krishna, he he summarizes um, what Krishna says, and in a, in this context, it's also apt. You know, what should we do when we ask the question, "What are we to do?" Mm-hmm. So he says, here is a three-point formula. Okay. Okay, three point formula like a scientist can actually say. He says, always think of me. Point one. First point is always think of me. Whatever work you do, whatever work you're doing, whatever it may be, think it is my work. Think it is my work. And third point is dedicate it, lovingly dedicate it to me. <laughs> so th- that's the secret of action. The All secret right. of action is always think of me and think that every work that you're doing is my work. And dedicate that work to me without expecting the results. Right,
1: and how much more easy it is, given that we know Swami, and you know how much more easy it is when you have lived with an avatar, when you're living with the consciousness of, you know, the Lord overlooking your life. Very true. Really, and with that thought, dear listeners, we'll bring this program to a close. Join you again, as Swami said, <laughs> you know I'm going to make it even more beautiful, <laughs> even <laughs> more lucid. It's very important. Uh, truths are going to be revealed in a very lucid way that's what swami said in the end of that discourse so do join us next week same time for the next episode of shravanam mananam we most humbly offer this effort of ours at swami's lotus feet thank you for being with us Jay
0: Sai Ram, you just heard an episode of our radio series, Shravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam. Listen, reflect and absorb. This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7.30pm by Radio Sai's Sai Prakash and Prem only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 17th March 2016. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality, 1991. Dear listeners, to listen to the next part of this program, tune in same time next week. Please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sairam from Prasanthi Nilayam.